Welcome back to this month's roundtable, your all-in-one comprehensive view of what's happening across the real estate, real estate industry, straight from some of the industry's earliest technology adopters and foremost experts in technology, marketing, brokerage, government policy, capital construction, and cybersecurity. As always, it's a three-part show. First, introductions to our co-hosts, what's happening in their sector, followed by the biggest trends and news affecting the industry and to wrap up what it all means for your business how to stay competitive and take the lead in your market i'm andreas seni founder cre collaborative brokerage owner commercial director here at kw in connecticut as well as a technology growth strategist joining me this month is none other than saul klein realtor emeritus data advocate futurist and executive editor of Realty Times. Saul, nice to see you as always. Good to be here. Also joining us is Chris Abel, membership director at Associated Builders and Contractors and member of the Society for Marketing Professionals Professional Services. All things construction, all the time development. And Chris, nice to see you. We saw you last month for a moment. Didn't hear you, but we're happy to have you back. Yeah, so big, big, big tech. Big technical issues. I'm happy to be back. (laughs) And uh, as always, Rebecca Carlson, also joining out of Chicago, founder of Carlson Integrated, CEO of Carlson Integrated, past president of Nightcar and brokerage owner. Rebecca, nice to see you. Great to be here. And lastly, but not least, certainly, Anna Maria Kowalik, SVP at Inland Green Capital, all things green and growing. And let me not forget Professor Darren Hayes, who's also joined us for the call, all things cybersecurity. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. And Anna Maria, you're to my right, so I've got to ask, how are things going? I'm looking forward to talking with everyone. It's been a busy month for me in the Northeast. I'm sure things have been heating up on your end as well. Extremely busy on this end. From a CPACE perspective, we've just been uh, getting slammed with requests and inquiries, um, you know, hoping that we can see some of these to fruition. Uh, it seems that the new construction um, uh, projects that are coming to the table uh, actually have some funding now and are going to be getting there. Uh, and retrofits are picking up because, um, you know, I, I think what the weather's had a lot to do with it. And we've had an unseasonably warm uh, winter here in, in Chicagoland. And so uh, I think people are looking toward the spring and, and their upcoming projects. Well, so. Real Deal just cited Chicago as the, one of the best markets for investment. Hey, you know, despite our politics and everything else, and we're always in the news, but uh, yes, yes, we definitely uh, have a lot going on here and a lot to be proud of, um, you know, despite all the rest. Well, well, I'm super excited to hear things are continuing to do well and that the deals are getting funded. I'm going to be curious to, to unpack that a bit later. Saul, you're just here to my next box on the Zoom window. How are things in California, the sunnier side of the country? Well, unfortunately, it hadn't been as sunny as we like. And so, at least as as I like, right? So I looked at the statistics here at the San Diego Multiple Listing Service just to see residentially 
how it's been going the last month. And listings are down 14%. Listings sold down 11%. And active listings uh, down 4%. So no telling why or where. You know, it could be seasonal. Those aren't big numbers, but I thought that was interesting. But I can tell you, as the owner of a car wash, when it rains, you don't make any money, at least in California. Mm -hmm. And so we've had a lot of rain. It's very cold, a lot of hail. And that makes me think of climate change and valuation of property based on possible climate change, those types of things. And I don't know where I could go with that. But the car wash reminded me of that as I looked at the revenues for the last month. Well, you can, you've got to go to Chicago and open a car wash there and open one here in Connecticut. This way, you'll always capture good weather somewhere and keep <laughs> moving. Uh, Chris, construction, yeah. design, how are you? How are things? Good. You, it's funny you say that when uh, we finally got a day of snow this week here in, uh, here in Connecticut. So um, all good on our end. I mean, we're, you know, I the contractors that I'm dealing with and everyone I'm talking to, they seem to be uh, – kind of cranking along. It seems like everyone's evened out a little bit in regards to some of the issues they're having with uh, staffing. I mean, it's going to be an issue and continue to be an issue, but uh, I'm seeing some uh, collaborative work going on with um, contractors and uh, you know, things things seem to be moving. It seems to be getting a little bit busier um, to kind of kick off the month here. So, so outside of the MLS numbers being down and inventory being tight in California, deals are getting funded, contractors and offers are back to work. We're still deathly afraid of ransomware, I'm sure, Darren, on your end of the fence, <laughs> which is going to bring me right around to marketing in just a minute. Um, how are things on your end, Darren? Yeah, everything's good. Uh, a lot of people still talking about ransomware. And, uh, you know, I've been doing a lot of work on Windows 11 and seeing, you know, some of the changes uh, from a security perspective. And, you know, they've, they've, you know, built this new operating system upgrade in terms of fending off ransomware um, using and in terms of hardware, TPM securities. We could talk about that, but I won't go into too much detail. But um, the idea as well behind Windows 11 and a lot of the, the security measures that Microsoft has been introducing is integrating artificial intelligence and machine learning, mm -hmm. AI and, and ML. And, uh, you know, I was at a conference, chairing a conference recently where, you know, this was discussed a lot, you know, how AI is going to help us in the security world by sharing threat intelligence from lots of different companies maybe there you know people using windows systems well and how that's been used to quickly identify other computers on the internet that may be at risk um i heard an interesting thing at the conference 75 percent to 80 percent of companies are using ai and uh, microsoft have now integrated uh, an ai into their bing search engine and and which is kind of a, an interesting move so we're seeing, you know, the evolution of ChatGPT, you know, become part more of, of search engines now. But uh, well, it's, I'm, I'm excited to see the day that the, they start to use AI for scheduling of the labor force for those developments so we can really push, uh, push that extra, uh, the extra income off our projects, right? Move that bottom line just that little bit by making sure that everything's getting done by planning those resources down to the minutes. And 
speaking of resources, um, the most resource heavy thing I've heard and most companies I'm talking to here in Connecticut is, is marketing. Everybody is trying to get back out there, back out. You're, you're there in Chicago, which is, as I said, recently noted, best best market to invest in. Do not tell Dan I said that after we argued about it with <laughs> Dr. Lawrence Yoon from uh, NAR. <laughs> How are things? Well, we try to be a resource while providing resources. <laughs> so it, it is all about resourcing and marketing is so critical. It's wonderful hearing Darren speak about some of the AI pieces we're actually working on integrating like Power Automate and some of the Microsoft things into our own workflow and modernizing our own work streams here at Carlson Integrated. So it's, there's so many areas where our businesses all that we all do here, like these really cool intersections, which I guess is right. That's why we're here in the, right. in the first place is because all of our business areas and uh, areas of expertise really do have really neat intersections. And I continue to see that as far as marketing is concerned. It's uh, just the other day I helped a, an office manager put chat GPT into Excel and, it, and he was blown away. He was, he was, manually moving things around and said, you know, you can just integrate that now. Uh, and he was using it to build a list of prospects, for instance, and, and it did it. And in that area, it's, it's incredible. It's those tasks that it can do for you um, at speed, which who knows how far and wide that's going to go. You know, my belief and, and many others, you, you can't teach common sense to AI. So us, the commercial brokerage industry will be just fine as well as the development industry. And even the car wash industry for a time, Saul, I'm thinking over there. Tell, tell you replace it. <laughs> you know, I, I, when I look at chat GPT, I think more of just natural language search. That's what I think of, natural language search. So um, I had a realtor ask me for a script. Could you help me write a script for cold calling Fizbo's? Well, I haven't sold residential real estate for other people in years. So I went to chat GPT and I said, can you write me a script for, and it came up with this great script and nobody knew it came from chat GPT. And then somebody else asked me a question about recruiting. How do I recruit more? Oh, that's great. I'm going to go ask natural language search instead of just choices coming up where I can go. It's actually going to have a conversation. Uh, with me about it. And my wife was baking and she said, um, how many teaspoons in a cup? And um, you know, so rather than go Google it, I went to chat GPT and I asked how many teaspoons or tablespoons, is, how many tablespoons in a cup? And it told me 16. And so there are all kinds of uses of what we're calling AI that people aren't even thinking of. And the kind of the beauty of this too is you can have a conversation. I bought some bananas at Costco and, I, and they like, we still have them, they're still green, they're almost three weeks old. And so I thought this is weird that bananas would stay green. I don't know about you, but I've never seen bananas stay green for more than a couple of days. And so I went and asked Chad, it gave me this list of different reasons why bananas might stay green. So I figured out that really the power of this is figuring out what questions to ask. And I, then I said, you know, my high school, they knocked the high school down um, in the 70s and built a new one. Can you tell me why? And it said, no, that high school is still there. And I went back and said, no, it's not there. And then it answered me. And then I said, well, your information is incorrect. They knocked it down. That high school was built in 1929. It came back and said, 
I apologize. <laughs> You're correct. <laughs> right. And so what I did, I gave it more information to go back. And so it's a fascinating, you hear people talking about it, but I think they don't do it justice when we call it AI. I think really it's just this natural language search capability. And once you get into it, it is so much better than searching the old way. At least that's my perspective. Well, the what will the day I'm waiting? The thing I'm waiting for most isn't so much uh, having the AI write things for me, but it's having the AI tell me how to better prioritize my time and my day to be more efficient in my tasks. Because I, you know, I like many others, I block time. I have I have different tools and tricks to get my day to get through my day. But I find that the days are getting longer and. Uh, if the AI can help me there, I'm all for it because um, I'm still going to call my clients and I'm certainly not going to let an AI tool tell me how to talk to my clients. I'm just, that will never happen for me. <laughs> yeah, but it might help you figure out what better things to say. <laughs> uh, then my clients, I mean, my clients will tell me, they'll fire me if I don't yeah. say the right thing. <laughs> you have to put the clients on hold. Hold on a second. I need to get an answer as to how long I need to be on the phone with you for well, Google had a system um, where, where you didn't, it was an attendant and it was AI and you didn't know whether or not it was AI. So, I, you know, I'm going to push back there and say that chat, chat bots, chat customer service, any of these non-human customer facing solutions, especially in commercial real estate are, are still way too far off for adoption. I mean, backend systems helping create content. Um, there's one AI tool I heard of back that, that, you know, does the images and the videos. I think it's fantastic that I don't need a production crew. Just kidding, Reagan. I know you're back there. <laughs> but as far as moving forward in the industry, what can I build and how can I build it? That'll be an interesting question to pose for the AI. That's the key is asking the right questions. So here you have places, Saul, coming out and these different technologies coming forward. What do you think is going to happen with this AI with the, in the next three months with the latest tech, with the shift? We've been through an economic shift. I'm busier than ever. All the, all the deal makers and the people who are kind of involved in the industry are no longer around. So it's only serious operators looking to do deals. Um, which is why the days are getting much longer, right? We're working much harder to find them. But things are happening, as Anna Maria pointed out, and uh, Chris. What are, what are your thoughts? Saul, you got it. Uh, well, I think that, um, that the, we have more power now, more computing power and artificial intelligence, machine learning, whatever you want to call it, to be able to uh, give us greater transparency into data in ways we've never looked at it before. And so you're right at places and other things that I'm looking at, I'm seeing uh, there's a great use for this possibly in decision-making, always in decision-making, but in particular, if I acquire a property, how long do I keep it? If I acquire a property, do I put a loan against it or do I hold it free and clear? And do I do this based on not only the property in the area uh, the property is located in, but in the surrounding property and in the uses of the surrounding properties. And how does that compare to other marketplaces? And take a, 
They'll look at people buying loans and then foreclosures that might come from the loans. And if, if I'm in the marketplace for buying loans, what part of the country should I buy the loans? Where's the greatest risk? What's the loan type that has the greatest risk? Let's just say maybe it's FHA with low down payments. So what marketplace has a greater number of those types of loans that might make a, another marketplace a better marketplace for me to invest? So I see lots of different uses of it in uh, different all different aspects of investing and again it's early but you know what is early the self the iphone has only been around smartphones for what 15 years so the 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 cycle is really a lot faster than it used to be and uh so three months is like it's dog years now right well so darren can speak to that to how quickly technology is advancing but at the end of the day, as humans, as professionals, as advisors, everyone on this call, you know, our wisdom, we leverage our wisdom and our experience. AI is at, at its core has to leverage data. How do we know that that data is even good quality? Well, you again, you're going to, you're going to have, it's going to take time. So what I always tell people is the human being, the, the advantage the human being has is understanding nuance. And, right. So it's the nuance. That's the power. And so if you can deliver nuanced services, that's powerful. But what's to say that AI can't get better and better and better over time at dealing with understanding nuance? And I don't know the answer, but I think the direction is that human beings have to work more on that nuanced delivery. And that's what you're talking about, Andreas, right? Understanding your client and uh, and the AI is right behind you and learn how to use it as a tool. Well, nuanced delivery is is certainly one thing, Saul. I'll totally agree with you on that. Um, although uh, there are certain other things, like for example, that humans just have to take action on. I'm I'm going to share a little personal story um, because since we all last met, um, most of you know that my dad passed away, and uh, the fact is that no matter how hard. Uh, you try sometimes to prepare for that inevitability. Uh, and, and, and I mean from his perspective before he passed, uh, throughout his, uh, his life and especially his older years, he tried to put things in order uh, so that when the time came, it would be easier to handle. And I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> uh, what you think is enough isn't. And so this is a financial lesson. It applies to real estate. It applies to every aspect of your life. You can't take things for granted. And you, as the human being, have to take initiative and have to make plans and do things for family, for your loved ones, for your spouse, or, uh, you know, whoever it is, or how many ever people that is that you're leaving behind, uh, or, you know, or just to be able to have a legacy that uh, uh, is meaningful. And, and um, you know, and, and I don't mean financially necessarily, uh, because the finances go. Let me tell you, uh, for those of you listening in who don't know what this is all about, he was in an assist, he was in a, uh, I'm sorry, skilled nursing facility that cost near $12,000 a month. How does one prepare for that? 
These are questions that you have to ask yourself. And we're, I think, a lot farther from that than we are from those real estate questions that you asked the chatbot on. But, you know, these are the kinds of things that we have to really take into account and have to understand for our financial, our real estate futures, what happens to our assets, what, you know, um, and, and we can, I tell you right now, we can never know enough. Well, so you brought up a good point there. The, or I think you brought up an interesting point. We can never know enough, but it's not that we can never know enough. Those are all hard conversations to have. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I wonder if the application for this AI is that come to Jesus conversation. If it's, if it's with your client and it's advising your client on what they should do with that portfolio. But you know, then they have to take the action ultimately. <laughs> which, I hope so. Which we're my the, father didn't human. always do. Well, <laughs> and, and I'm so sorry for your passing, Anna Maria. And Thank you. Is in a better place. Yes, and, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Certainly. You know, one of the I, I, think, I, I, I carry this uh, long-term health care insurance. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's just and it's just for that kind of situation. Right. Because it's incredibly expensive. And mm -hmm. I just got to notice and I've been paying for this for years where either I can decrease the amount of money I get or they're going to increase the premium. Right. And so now here's a decision that needs to be made. And you need to have that discussion with the family about yes. what, how we're going to do. We're going to pay more money. We're going to pay the same amount of money and take less coverage in the future. And then the other side of that is you hopefully you never have to use it. Right. So you don't know it's one of those kinds of things, right? Insurance, something you pay for, hoping you never have to use it. And um, yeah, in a changing world and you're right, Andreas, that's a very, very difficult. I'm a certified financial planner, a very difficult conversation to have. And people don't want to have it. And, and with my wife's mother's estate, it got. It used to be that if you had so much of an estate, you could pass as much to your heirs as as much to your spouse, no problem. But then above that, a certain amount got taxed. So the trick was keeping the estate down to this certain level. And the way you did that was through gifting. Well, it's mm -hmm. difficult to say to somebody, here's what you need to do. You go, you have too much money, so every year you need to write a check for $20,000 to each of your kids to gift that money. That's a hard conversation, even though it makes sense. And then, Saul, you'd better make sure that you don't get sick or need it within the next five years because there's that look-back period where you're – you know, you, uh, you're you ticked for uh, for that amount of uh, whatever you gave away. And so it's it's a tricky business, let me yeah. tell you. And I, I would love to have that chatbot uh, possibility right now to help yeah. me navigate all of this but because it's really kind of crazy. That preparation uh, and that, you know, being prepared and get, even, even when you Go back. I know we're talking more the health insurance side, even the life insurance side. Would it never some you know, not getting you know too far into it, but you know, med, got a medical history that doesn't allow life insurance, mm -hmm. and I got a young one, so I would have never thought about this when someone's like, "Do you, do you have a life insurance policy for her?" And I'm like, whoa, "Whoa, that's a little." And then I thought about it a little bit. I'm like, "Whoa, that makes all the sense in the world." So they're not in my shoes. God forbid something happens later on down the road because I'm in a situ you know, situation where I'm like, oh, can't that legacy is not there. 
unless I earn it. Um, it's, it's, it is that preparation that, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, we're kind of going in different directions, but it's a great conversation in, in its own right as well. So well, life planning and, and preparing for the future and passing wealth. I mean, real estate has always been the best vehicle to pass mm -hmm. generational wealth, leverage appreciation, your annual returns, some liquidity. Right now, the owners are feeling pretty uh, tight in their waistband. So that cash may not readily be available, but I, outside of a life insurance policy and term life and otherwise um, catastrophe funds, uh, commercial real estate is, is the way to prepare for that. Mm -hmm. I, I don't see a better way. Yeah, I, I would just, you know, so I think that uh, AI is kind of the next wave because what, what I mean by that is we've been developing so much data and collecting so much data and making any sense of all this data we've been collecting has been the problem. But a lot of healthcare, more progressive healthcare, well-funded healthcare organizations have been using that. So they've been taking data from all your electronic healthcare records. So no longer will a doctor have to go through and page by page and it doesn't matter if you're moving from to a different doctor or, or you get a doctor different doctor every time you see doctors are now using this to say you know is, is there any problem with me prescribing this medication based on you know this person's medical history or getting suggestions from these electronic healthcare records about what symptoms for this person could mean based on their medical history and their family's medical history so, you know, from what I've heard from, from some of um, these, these doctors is that they've been getting a lot more information quicker based on all of the electronic health care records that they have access to and can profile an individual and, you know, the old, get all their blood test information and make better decisions going forward. As soon as the AI can tell me that I can spend less or that I don't need to spend on that insurance, that would be fantastic. <laughs> it's another one of those unknowns. Um, and, and who knows? It's, it's, it's or how, how, does, so or how do you how do you get your uh, a teenage daughter to agree with you? <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was, that one. What about a seven-year-old daughter? <laughs> That's yet to come, I guess. Oh, boy. <laughs> Well, and the, you know, this the discussion on AI is everywhere. I couldn't agree more. It's not a replacement for us by any means, but you know, I see where it's helping identify things and reduce costs and, and accelerate. And it's it's been very exciting to be in so many chat rooms and, and so many meetings with people who wouldn't even sign on to a CRM system now want to use ChatGPT and otherwise. Um, so it's just very interesting here in the Northeast at least. And <clears throat> not for nothing, how that affects the office market, how and when or if that AI can tell us how to repurpose those markets. I mean, there was some really cool tech that was growing deep blocks and others. Uh, MIT had some uh, planning and zoning technology where they could virtualize a city and move those deeper density plans around to see how it would affect traffic and how it would affect energy consumption and seat base and well let's talk hospitals transportation to hospitals how far and wide do you have to go so it's it's really a wide open space 
uh, for the next year, two years. We need a new Back to the Future movie so we can see. Well, what's in fact, even in the CPACE uh, area, for example, you mentioned specifically, uh, we actually um, are seeing more and more uh, energy efficiency audit tools. Uh, to help uh, make those calculations and projections of savings. And, um, and uh, here in uh, uh, Illinois, you know, there, uh, there are some utility-free programs that are available to uh, both residential and commercial property owners uh, for their assistance. And then there are um, uh, other uh, kinds of programs out there that are specific to uh, what CPACE requires uh, on, you know, on the various state levels, because everybody's uh, statutes are a little bit different, and, and so there could be different restrictions or qualifications. So, um, you know, I, I saw um, someone introduced me to a, a company just last week that actually does this for municipalities to help them with sustainability so that they become eligible for more federal funds. There you go. Yep. Yes. So a piece of legislation in Connecticut uh, strategically set up for, basically saw what you were just saying for the schools. Any of the schools being built, they need to go by these specific standards. And it's been this big, uh, big talk at the, the Capitol in Hartford for the past, say past couple of weeks to get that, uh, so you can get the grant money, but you have to do X, Y, and Z in order to get that. And you have to basically make it as sustainable as possible in regards to energy mm -hmm. conservation. Well, and medical uses are the, are huge energy consumers. So we have an office building in one of the suburbs that I represent and that we have seen energy costs go up two, $3 a square foot in the past two years since taking in a couple of medical office tenants. So they need solar or something to help them along and you can send them my way back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, interestingly enough, and I, th I don't remember if I talked about this last time, but the municipality doesn't was very disappointed in the energy efficiency of the building because they um, sell electricity and they weren't making any money on the buildings. So it's actually completely opposite of how it should be. It should be that we're all trying to make this planet better, but instead the municipality was looking at like, no, you've got an Energy Star certified building. This is terrible. We can't sell you any electricity. We can't make any money off of you. Just mind boggling. So antiquated <laughs> at best. So uh, it sounds like everyone here outside of, let me ask this, outside of ChatGPT and discussions around it, are any of your clients using AI, some tool or AI related research to assist them in their decision making, business wise, planning, construction, uh, future proofing their lives, the car wash, any of it? Yes, yeah, so I mentioned we're working, with, we're working with a couple of different companies where that's exactly the case. They're using it to the best of their ability, integrating to be able to help them in the decision-making process. Still, the human being has to make the decision. But these we're looking at this as, these as tools, and, and as Darren said, to bring together more information, to be able to crunch more data more effectively and efficiently to come up with something that you could utilize to help you make a better decision. So as that independent party, you're, you're, that's, you, that's what your clients or people you're talking with are using it for. Here, here's your independent come to Jesus boat, so to speak. 
Um, how about you back on the marketing side? I'm going to work my way counterclockwise this time. <laughs> I see a lot of people interested in AI, just not entirely sure how to use it, especially in the marketing piece. The reality is so much of what we do in marketing, whether we like it or not, is subjective. So unless you're getting a doing something consumer facing consumer facing with a big focus group where you're establishing a brand that a lot of consumers, you know, are paying attention to. Most of our clients are on the B2B end and what ends up being a look and feel and brand of a company, for instance, is what somebody is what the CEO likes. That's a, that's why I have a green logo. It's got a C and an I because I liked green that day and made it. Um, but, you know, there's more of a process for clients, but we are seeing we're seeing some neat opportunities to look for uh, to utilize it some in similar ways to what you were talking about, Andreas, as far as research tools. But we are we are really fledgling in that, so I can't speak to a solid experience in doing that. I I always stay away from marketing discussions because it's all opinion based. But it's you know having a come to Jesus independent voice in the room that says, "Hey, this is why this would be better." Seems like a win. <laughs> With marketing, this just slides your sense on it. Um, I got, and uh, you know, I hesitate to go to Darren here because if the AI starts to tell me what website I can go to and where I am, what now, Darren, uh, on your side, or is, is AI a tool that's being deployed above the threat detection just in the day to day consulting? How to build a network, how to uh, treat your employees, train your employees? What are you seeing? Yeah, yeah, it, it, it definitely it definitely has been used um, because companies, you know, are basically hit with millions. You know, you may, it's not unusual to have a million attacks on your website a day. And so you do you can't, you know, all those those uh, attacks you can't deal with. And so you do need AI to be able to detect the really big problems um, and identify quickly using threats that other organizations have encountered and use that learning from previous breaches and previous ransomware attacks to look at for those particular indicators of compromise that other companies have identified. And so that's been the big problem is, and even false positives have been a big problem for companies is, you know, thinking something is a threat when it's not. And so we're having a lot of more of this automation. The, the other thing that's, that's going to be helpful as well is it can remove some of the social engineering by you know we're very often very easy to manipulate if you know what you're doing it's it's not that difficult um but you know when you use artificial intelligence and machine learning you can take away that emotional element that we're sometimes prey to and uh and have those systems make some decisions for us. So although AI is used to help us make decisions, it's already been used in the security world um, to make those automation decisions for us because we don't have the security staff that we need and there are just simply too many uh, attacks on companies these days on their networks um, for humans to address all of those. It's, it's, um... <laughs> You just sparked an idea on, on, on speaking of networks is the you know, not in my backyard or NIMBY, right? What if what if the town came in with that independent voice, that AI that said, no, this is the way we're going to redistrict everything. And it makes sense. And there's no politics anymore, 
But before I talk politics and NIMBY, Chris, I, 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 <laughs> yeah, the, the, um, the, there's a couple things. One of them you just, you just made me think about. They brought up um, recently in a local, local town council meeting when they were trying to do some development uh, behind a local school, uh, one of the um, people from the town brought up that whole AI concept and, and brought up a couple ideas in regards to, you know, how much it would cost to get the site work and the wetlands committee. And it just basically dr it drummed up a bunch of enough dust to have the developer actually uh, uh, take out their, basically their application to develop for the time being until mm -hmm. they could kind of find their own team um, in their own firm, I'm assuming, to buy themselves some time to kind of, you know, get, produce a counter to the to the citizens that were basically saying, hey, if we do this, you know, my my information shows X, Y, and Z is going to happen. And to put everyone on, on tilt because the majority of the room had no, including myself, quite frankly, had no idea what, what was actually being shown but the developer obviously saw some real validity to it to the point where he said all right you know let me go back to the drawing board and i'm gonna have to find a new way around this but that's one thing that you know the not in my backyard thing sparked that thought but as far as construction goes i know there's a lot going on but recently the biggest thing that i've run into and i don't have a ton of information on it is one of the uh, largest tool manufacturers in the construction industry um I don't want to throw the name out there, but they are really utilizing AI to figure out kind of their every tool line that is coming out, which they come out with stuff all the time. They have a whole team that is actually digging into artificial intelligence to kind of refigure out how reconfigure how they're going to do certain tools. If they're using too much energy, um, meaning like is there too, something as simple as using too much force to, you know, nail something or drop i'm using a simple example but you get the idea like are they is it using too much battery you know can we make our batteries last longer all these things now um the people that i deal with are the people who are selling these tools so they're kind of like listen i let them do their work on the back end and then when they tell me that these things are ready they release them and then i go out and they train me and then i'll teach them and all that sort of stuff but they did line me up i have a call next week with um with that company and with one of the agents from um, their whole kind of AI kind of task force they put together. And he's going to explain to me some of the uh, examples and things like that. So hopefully I'll be able to report back uh, next month on some of this stuff. Um, I'm excited about it because it's, it's interesting. How many of us have had a tool at one time or another that like, God, it's a little bit of overkill for my job. And no, that's bigger is always better. Well, that's the thing. That's the other thing. But a lot of those end up putting, you know, depending on what you're using, um, you know, it might be an energy issue. It might be an emissions issue. It might. So it's interesting. It's all interesting stuff. I think it's certainly tip of the iceberg when it comes to construction, though. Certainly just the beginning when it comes to construction, because it's it's inevitable. It's inevitable. People are trying to figure out any and every way to save money and be more productive, especially in the net zero building side of things AI is well, going to be vital and i keep thinking back to that independent voice of reason although that scares the crap out of me when you consider laying off employees or reducing uh, footprint for real estate you know that that tough conversation here's the ai to say well if you do this this is why it makes sense assuming you trust it and you know the world doesn't trust its institutions today let alone uh an ai but maybe i mean AI, 
in my mind, it's going to start on the at CK, right on the green side, because that's the the most clever technology that would take the, that would improve the bottom line the most. If it, if I know exactly how and when to turn my batteries on and off, how to sell it back, when to sell it back, mm-hmm. I'm telling it down. I'm thinking of my Nest thermostat. It lowered my energy bills considerably. They're still skyrocketing, but it did it did assist there. And then how that grows. Solar panels, solar batteries, cars, and such. Well, Andreas, you made an interesting point about um, in San Diego, we have a, a combined government called SANDAG of all of the cities and municipalities within the county. And SANDAG has come out with a transportation plan, and included in that plan is a mileage tax where everybody is taxed for the miles they drive. Now, the first argument was we figured all of this out and the computers have told us and you can't argue with the science. This was the pitch by the government. And so now you see if a consumer advocacy group wants to argue with the government that's utilizing these tools, the consumer advocacy groups have to have the same kinds of tools to say, yeah, but our science contradicts your science. Otherwise, how do you argue with the science? So we've got that debate right here in San Diego County over this mileage tax. It's like, well, who really gets hurt? If you got a lot of money and they throw an extra five cents a, ga- five cents a mile, you know what? You can pay it. But if you're the poor person who's, who's commuting back and forth to work, that's really going to an impact on you. And then that might force you to public transfer. There's like a lot of aspects to this that the the AI can 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 deal with, but then which AI do you believe? And so if you're going to advocate for the other side, you need to have the same types of tools. So, so it's not, it's not leveling the playing field at all. It's just a layer of complexity. And it's a problem. It's something to overcome. It sounds like around the room in most cases. Yeah. I, I think, I think we also have to think about um, what we call geoint, uh, which is geographic intelligence because with the proliferation of drones and access to live satellite technology we people are using that information to make a lot more decisions people can count the number of trucks entering and exiting a particular plant to determine if that comp- how well that company is doing in terms of, of manufacturing and exports if they're or if they're determining if there's a problem with their supply line you know they've there's been talk about you know, hedge fund companies may be using this type of technology. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, as an individual, you can pay quite a bit of money, but you can pay for real life satellite feeds. So if you, for example, you want to know how many people are charging their electric vehicles at a particular stop, you can get that kind of intelligence these days. And you can determine whether you want to open a business in a particular place based on the number of cars. We also have, you know, there are companies that sell a lot of information related to um, advertising ID. So when we enable location services with the apps that we're using, that information is collected and you can see how many people are in a particular area at one time. So, you know, that's, that's one other element apart from just doing searches with ChatGPT that a lot of people don't realize. I mean, for example, there was a Harvard study where they showed that, you know, the, the coronavirus began months before, you know, China 
said it happened based on the number of cars that were parked in the parking lot at that hospital in Wuhan. And so they, they said there was a huge increase in the number of cars a few months before they came out and said, you know, we have a problem with, with this new coronavirus. So, so this is being used a lot by different companies in decision making. Well, well and I see in retail, like Andreas, right? Like all of the, you know, there's a handful of technologies and I actually had a client that just canceled one of them uh, they've been they've been subscribers for over a year, and it's supposed to provide all of that vehicular data of people who are in certain places and proximities for site selection, right? For for retail tenants. Interestingly enough, the data that they were collecting would only kick in if somebody was there for seven minutes, which is great unless you represent a bunch of drive-throughs. Because most people aren't there for seven minutes at a drive-through and you're not getting that actual data. And if you're getting historic data that maybe is a month old versus real time. So they found that their boots on the ground approach of actually knowing the intersections in their community and knowing exactly the traffic patterns because they'd lived there their entire lives, they found it to be actually far more effective than utilizing these data pieces. But part of it's because it wasn't real time. And there's such uh, there's some latency in the data and as technology opportunities grow, I'm sure that, that that immediate data is available. It's just how much are they going to charge people? So this client was paying like $24,000 a year. They were not paying, this was not an inexpensive software or application to have. And they were like, I mean, it doesn't even tell us if people are in the drive-through. Like, how are we gonna represent XYZ amazing retailer, you know, restaurant coming to, to their marketplace when they couldn't even tell them how long people were at various places. Well, they must have had some of the wrong uh, uh, programming because um, when I was in the property management, asset management industry before coming to green finance, um, there were uh, those geotype programs that uh, the minute I would walk into the store and I would test them out myself uh, for my uh, my tenants and uh, you'd get a coupon from that store immediately or they would send you an email, you know, with their sales um, uh, information, you know, what's on sale this week and, and, and all that kind of thing. So, so was that, that was immediate. This was to a subscription or tied to a relationship, like a pre-existing relationship with that store versus global data of consumers who are, you know, where you're pulling, pinging cell phone data. Well, I didn't have to, I didn't have to download anything to be a part of it. Uh, it they just, because I had an iPhone and I was in close proximity, uh, it, it would just start bombarding me. And yeah. You know, so there are all types of programs out there. And, and we're talking, this is already, I, I've, I've been here five years. So we're talking seven, eight years ago, that immediate yeah. technology was available. So has, has privacy changed that, Darren? Uh, well, there's a lot of questions about this. I mean, like, for example, speaking to somebody from the UK, there's, there's a lot of restrictions on open source information and what you can do with that, especially in law enforcement, for example. And they don't have those restrictions here. And I think it's it, it's a big conversation. You know, um, you know, the Securities and Exchange Commission have, have been quite open in saying that they're they're very worried about 
artificial intelligence and machine learning, um, being special access, better information on on what stocks to trade. And so, you know, even even a, a split second, you know, makes a difference in a in a trade. And so that that is a concern. And they're looking at a lot of these upcoming AI companies and, and how they could give people with with money and more resources an advantage over over individuals in the marketplace. Well, and and that you hit it on the head. It's competitive advantage through the use of the latest technology. Uh, Anna Maria beacons, lo, um, lo, Bluetooth beacons were beaming that data to you when you walked in. Satellites are counting cars. You know the strips on the on the road, the wire that literally counted the car. I mean, these are these are all things that, depending on what time and what place and what budget have been deployed to learn things, to get that nuanced understanding of a market. And, you know, as real estate professionals, we live and breathe, we live and die based on that birth, rebirth and, and growth cycle for any given area. So while back of the company brought up seven minute window and uh, could be adjusted, maybe, maybe not, I know who you're speaking of, there's so many other data points you have to factor in, and that's that nuanced intuit that intuition intuition even that Saul kind of touched on that technology and AI doesn't have yet. Um, for instance, just here, ten years I've been watching them change a traffic light to a stop sign to two traffic lights to a circle. They can't figure it out. Guys. <laughs> The, you know, the school, there's a private school, there's development, there's been a lot of changes in the area, not to mention the influx of new residents. Um, and the local developer here, uh, local owners, actually let his centers, uh, the vacancy rise in his centers because he wants to tear them down. So there's so much nuance that AI can't account for because it, it can't get to A, B, C, D. It might see A, B, it might see C and D but it can't pick up the pieces, at least I haven't seen it pick up the pieces and take that information and turn it into actual insights like each of us would. That's my two cents. Low, low, uh, low uh, Bluetooth emissions. It's been a long time since anything's been beamed to my phone. I remember this. <laughs> uh, we're at 650. I cannot believe how quickly this hour is going by. As, as we move through here in March, Bluetooth, AI, technology, I'm speaking of latest tech and competitive advantage, what's the best next thing anyone could be using in your respective sectors for the next 30 days? Anna Maria, I know on Pace and, and loans, is it, what tool is out there? What should people be doing? Uh, you know, what are right you using? now, is it the well, telephone? <laughs> <laughs> yes, believe it or not, the old fashioned telephone, <laughs> just picking it up and talking to people. Uh, it, it's amazing uh, how much you get done. Uh, so, uh, 
you know, I, I use a lot of texting as well. Uh, you know, sometimes it's easier for a client to ask a quick question before they run into a meeting, you know, and they like to text me, oh, am I uh, thinking about this right? Or, you know, uh, what other information can you give me? Um, you know, email still works. Um, uh, perhaps unlike most of the others, you know, who showed how, you know, they're seeing uh, chatbots or, you you know, AI uh, figuring in, I really, except for the things that you were talking about earlier, you know, uh, perhaps uh, assessing some of those efficiencies and, uh, you know, and, and uh, what some of those projections could be and, and what I was talking about, about some of the new energy assessment tools, which absolutely in my industry, they're beginning to pick up on more. But I haven't seen any real applications that clients are using or that, um, you know, we're doing any differently as a result of, um, you know, that new technology. So the batteries are improving, the solar panels look nicer. Hopefully. But, <laughs> but otherwise, the business, uh, being in the business of financing green is, is traditional. You're out there, it's relationships, and you're growing on the phone. I it's love traditional but innovative too because you know it's it's still the green world and and you know it's still being accepted uh, more openly. It's still uh, in its infancy in in what it can do and the impact it can have. And still in person at events, networking is king. Absolutely. Oh, uh, Becca and I have been at at least three or four together uh, since the beginning of the year. So uh, we'll both attest to that, I'm sure. And um, Chris, uh, how about on your end? What's the what's the latest, greatest or best tool that people yeah. should be paying attention to? As, I mean, as far as construction, I mean, there's new technology coming out every single day you know even at ebc at the national level has this tech marketplace that i swear it seems like every week every week or two someone another company is joining this tech marketplace um but i would say the most consistent but a lot of those contractors are trying to figure out okay what what talks to what what do i already have um all that sort of stuff so i would say the most consistent thing right now and the thing that's growing um now is just um darren mentioned earlier the drone technology is just huge um, more people are hiring a if they don't have it already they're bringing on a drone operator licensed drone pilot um, on their staff or they're putting someone on contract so they can get them out to their job either to show the finished product to show the process or in a lot of cases to um get it ready for the site work side of things um you know, it's saving them a lot of the money. Uh, you don't see as many surveyors out there as much, um, or you don't see them out as quickly as you may see a drone up there right away to kind of get an idea of what they're dealing with before they put a, sur a survey team out there. So drones are actually, you know, it's not new, but I'm seeing more contractors seeing it as like, if I don't have drone footage, I'm falling behind. So now they're grabbing someone and it seems to be something that they can get. They can understand it a little while. It's a flyover. Here it is. Some of the technology and the, the AI based stuff, they're just, a lot of them just aren't there yet. They're just trying to, to build. And, um, and as far as I go, uh, Anna Maria and uh, Becca, I mean, same thing. Conversation is king. 
I got to be out there getting getting as much information. That's the way I could ping one one person to the next person. I've been out there for all sorts of events. Um, unfortunately, uh, wish we could have Anna Maria and Becca come out. We have International Women's Day next Wednesday, and we have the CTABC Women in Construction Breakfast. So we have a, over a hundred women from the construction industry coming out. Um, you could have a mimosa and some chocolates on your own that morning. But, uh, <laughs> well, actually, I'm going to be at an event that evening. All right, there you, uh, you go. Uh, uh, sponsored by Women in Commercial Real Estate. So, absolutely. Yeah, so it's awesome. But I would say drones on that end. And then on my end, as far as business development, it's still that conference, conversation information. Excellent. Uh, drones are everywhere. I couldn't agree more on that point. I see them more often than not. Although it's a um, it's an interesting area because I think back to a restaurant owner I represented and he had his cameras, not a drone, but then he also wired it into the cash register drawer. So whatever he wanted to let his employees know he was watching, he would open the drawer behind them. So uh, it's, <laughs> so a little bit, a little big brother for me, but the drone technology is something that's, that's certainly going to continue to grow. Um, I read recently the hard hat sensors telling you when you set foot on the job. Those are those are pretty um, pretty revolutionary. You know what's what floor are you on? How long have you been there? All of it. You could but, stick stick. Those well, I remember even with uh, security. You know, we had security staff at some of our shopping centers when I was in property management. And so, as they pass by their security stations, you know, they have to swipe the wand or whatever, and uh, so you know where they are at all times, and and you get a report afterwards. So, absolutely. Well, we're all tracked all the time. I don't think anyone will deny that on this call. <laughs> um, Becca, how, how about on your end? I would say people. Getting people. People staying staying competitive by staying around the the people who are not standing still. People who are growing, surrounding yourself with people who are learning and advancing and developing skills and curious. I'm I'm being on this call. I am now inspired to go out and play more with ChatGPT. Right because I was kind of ignoring it. I've been really busy lately. And I'm like, wow, I need to up my skills. I need to have the stories to tell just like my co-participants on this round table. But that's right. We all need each other to also help us grow and stretch and get better at what we're doing. Absolutely. Um, ChatGPT are, are uh, the assistant behind the, the professional. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. But people, people are paramount. Good people with great ideas. That's why I love having you guys on the show and uh, having this circle of, of co-hosts and mentors in your respective areas. Because you're, you know, I don't care how how often or how smart that AI gets, it's not going to be as smart as the people in this room. It's my humble opinion. Um, Darren, on the uh, maybe not maybe on the cybersecurity side, it might be smarter because it can type faster. But you tell me, what's the latest uh, cybersecurity tool or trend that people should be paying attention to? Uh, well, a couple of things. First of all, um, the new proposed SEC regulation, whereby companies will now have to really think hard about having people on their board who are cybersecurity smart and, and can review cybersecurity plans and policies. Um, I, you know, just to end on, on the AI thing, you know, just be careful how you use it because 
you know, it can be used against you. When you're asking questions uh, that will help your organization, you're giving information away about your company. And sometimes that means some of the vulnerabilities and difficulties that you're dealing with. And I, I think I may have mentioned, I'm not sure about Amazon and, and how people were asking Alexa for, for questions that might be asked at an Amazon interview. And they were actually getting questions that would come up in an interview. And Amazon actually found that um, employees and human resources were actually using Alexa to think up questions for interviewees. So you've got to think about that kind of thing as well, that, that by using it, you're also contributing to this database of information. Well, as you said, there's that text saying that if, you're, if the product is free, you are the product. Um, but that's an interesting thought as we go out there and our clients look to the internet to answer questions about their assets, about their investment strategy. Um, does that get resold and bundled? Does that then go to into a system that gets to a broker and says, hey, so-and-so was asking um, what to do with this asset? I don't know. Um, I need to just get in the car wash business. Although, to be fair, uh, I talk about Saul's car wash a lot. That's the car wash that could. It has been through every cycle of development from a major city. And it has been part of rebates and programs and opportunity zones. And Saul, you know, you tell me, what is the one thing people could be doing before technology takes over? Just kidding. We know it's not taking over. People are in charge. I, I would just say that um, we're on the cusp of a paradigm shift. And as Thomas Kuhn would say. And so with all of the conversations that we see people having about technology and about chat GPT and about AI and about uh, machine learning, a lot of people have a tendency to be afraid and therefore they won't try. And if you want to get ahead, if you want to differentiate yourself from the competition, you ought to be trying some of this. And I would say to people that there's this period of time between uh, the discovery of something and mass awareness. And the, that period of time between discovery and mass awareness is called lag. And lag is where opportunity resides. And so right now, not takeover, if you can figure out ways for some of these new things in a small way to integrate into things you're already doing, you'll be way ahead of your competition. Couldn't agree more. I mean, it's as simple as the, the example I gave earlier. Here was a, an office leader looking to recruit, and he's manually putting together spreadsheets of all these agents, their production and office and so forth. And he integrated ChatGPT into that workflow, into that Excel, so it could figure it out and give him a short list. It was a simple, small change that, that freed him up for hours and hours to come, and God only knows what he's going to come up with next. But I'm sure it's going to help his business because he's using it in a way that he can coach it, uh, let's say. This is my opinion. It's, it's an exciting time to be in real estate. You know, it's opportunistic. Plenty of excitement here on this call. It's 7.03. We've run over. Guys, I want to thank each of you for joining the call, for being a host, co-host on this call, the sector interviews. This show continues to grow. Just last month, we hit 2,000 downloads on an episode. It's fantastic. 
tune in every month. I, I want to thank our audience first and foremost. But tune in any, every month, anywhere you get your audio or your video. Alexa, devices, ask your AI, as well as uh, reach out to us on social. We look forward to seeing you next month. And special thank you to our audience, as always.